It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Brian Callahan, officially official in Tennessee, so we'll give a quick update on the Bengals OC situation as we know it, then dive into some questions about the offense in a mailbag. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko, along with James Rapine, your hosts of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can find this show on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit subscribe. Join the nearly 19,000 Bengals fans on YouTube and many, many thousands of more elsewhere who make this show part of their life on a regular basis. We appreciate every single one of you who listen. This episode brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. And James, let's start today with a quick update on everything we know about the Bengals' search or process in replacing Brian Callahan, who is now officially official announced as the next head coach of the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, it's one of those processes. First off, congrats to Brian. It's official. And uh, one other thing, I I think, uh, and and I think I said this uh, when we were doing our Ode to Brian or whatever a few nights ago, but if you missed that, Brian Callahan was on Team Weapons. I I know that. Like He he played a hand in Jamar coming here, even though they had T. Higgins. And, And so, man, I'm looking at this draft and I'm like, oh, It'd be nice to have BC in the building anyways. Um, congrats to him. But yeah, they're looking for an OC. Uh, you know, they, they've conducted some interviews. I think the search is the search. You mentioned the process. They're going through it. I, I think anybody close to the team now would be surprised if it's not Dan Pitcher. We don't know that at the time of recording here at you know 1242 Eastern time on Wednesday. But we'll see. Uh, if, if it isn't Dan Pitcher, I would be stunned, floored, whatever adjective you want to use. But uh, that, that's where we're at. I think Dan Pitcher remains by far the, the favorite. Nothing has changed. There was an interview uh, announced or, or reported with former Seahawks offensive line coach Andy Dickerson, somebody with whom Zach Taylor crossed paths. Dickerson was with the Rams from St. Louis to Los Angeles for over 10 years, I think. Zach worked with him uh, in, in L.A. And... Honestly, that could be part of the Rooney Rule requirements, which feel terrible right now for anyone interviewing for the Bengals OC job when they clearly, I think, have a preference to hire and promote Dan Pitcher for that job. So when this sort of thing happens, my personal hope is always that it is a legitimate interview that Dickerson had a good chance to actually have the job. But somebody that Zach knew from the past highlights one of the deficiencies of the Rooney rule. And 
the Bengals will move on with the process. Go ahead. Real quick, I, I just I don't think that this was some sneak offensive line coach interview either. For those wondering that, that was speculating uh, speculated on social media. Frank Pollock's going to be the offensive line coach. Would be shocked again yeah. if, if if he's not in the building because Zach said it earlier this month. He wanted to keep everybody, and unfortunately, Brian, from the Bengals standpoint, Brian ended up getting a, a job elsewhere. So now the the shuffle begins. And, and there will likely be a promotion for Brad Cragthorpe as well. We'll see there again. They will have to interview external candidates for QB coach, at least one anyway, before they make that decision. If that is the preference, that feels like the direction it'll go. But we'll see where they go at, at QB coach. One important question, James, uh, from the mailbag, in fact, Tony Blunt at Admiral Taskbar, who will, who will be your new pregame fist bump and or handshake companion post Callahan. All right. I'm going to look right into the camera here. And if you're listening, Bengals coaching staff, that's fine too. But just know I'm looking into the camera. Now hiring. Go on LinkedIn. I might put put LinkedIn jobs. I might throw a uh, an ad up there. Pre-game fist bump. Uh, something that we switched to this year. It worked. It worked during the winning streak. And it didn't work on a few of the road games. I wasn't there, and obviously we couldn't do it. But we went to a handshake, and I think the the calf gate, for whatever reason, threw off our mojo at the beginning of the year with the fist bump. So we went to the handshake, and that started to work. And then things kind of went haywire. I wasn't in Baltimore to do the pregame handshake. And so who knows? Maybe this is a, a way I was going to try to argue it if, if Brian was still in town, but to sneak onto the team plane there and back because flying private is much, much easier to these road games, Jake, as you could imagine. I I can imagine. (laughs) I can't imagine with the limited, increasingly limited or, or more limited than when I lived in Cincinnati flight options out of CVG Uh, along the lines of the coaching conversation, James, Tony Crampo at (laughs) Bengal underscore dude has, has a question that is a little bit more, Football related overall, do you think it is beneficial to have a succession plan in place when it comes to this sort of decision, coaching staff, OC, et cetera, or is it better to bring in outside coaches with new ideas? I think it's, it's been an interesting dialogue. This is a big topic. I mean, we could do a show on this really and all the the layers of it. First things first, you absolutely always have to have a plan. Always full disclosure. Everyone saw the SI stuff last week, right? You have to have a plan in any industry of what happens where, what happens when things hit the fan. So whether you lose someone or if you get let go or whatever, you should have plans in place, right? And by the way, as of now, things are okay for me and that whole situation sucks, but this isn't locked on let go from SI. This is locked on Bengals. So let's stick with the Bengals. The Beng- Zach Taylor should have always had a plan. And obviously it, it feels like Dan Pitcher was the plan if Brian Callahan were to get a head coaching job. At the same time, I get the argument of wanting fresh eyes. I also think that there is a balance, especially when you look. And Zach Taylor views it this way and the Bengals view it this way. I get why in the moment fans might not view it this way. The past one, two, three years, all three have been a success. Now, because of the injuries, because you lose your franchise quarterback, because of all these things, the, the bar changes. If I would have told you Joe Burrow would be healthy for five games this year, let's just say, coming into the year, did you think that they would 
win nine games, I would have taken the under. Just I would have taken go the back to the episode we did after he got hurt and where our expectations were for the rest of the season to see what we think of what would happen without Joe Burrow. And so there's this narrative that they they need fresh and they need new eyes and they I think this was the year from hell injury wise and they may have that again next year and then I may be frustrated and say they need new eyes and fresh fresh voices and all of those things but I I think the farther we get removed from the 2023 season the more we're going to look at it and be like man this coaching staff pivoted multiple times they found ways to win with multiple quarterbacks with a hobbled Joe Burrow to start the year and people get on them for Burrow starting the year. We've talked about that plenty. I'm not even going to get into it. Make sure you subscribe and, and follow wherever you get your podcast so you, you keep up with every episode. I, I I don't think there's as much of a need for fresh voices as there would as some would say. And then the other element to this is Dan Pitcher is in high demand. And so he's in high demand and the Bengals want to keep him. If he was a player, we would all be on board with that, more than likely. And so that's what Zach Taylor's trying to do with Dan Pitcher. Uh, potentially here promoting him to offensive coordinator. Yeah, that's the goal, right? Is yeah, 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 yeah. We don't know for sure. Again, it's not official, but we assume that's what it's gonna what's gonna happen. And as of the time of recording, haven't seen a whole lot as far as has he completed the interview with New England? Has he completed the interview with Vegas or any of those things? By the time you listen to this, maybe that's changed. Maybe there's an official announcement somewhere, or maybe there's a report somewhere. Heck, maybe in 10 minutes while we're recording this, something changes. But sure. I think to, to Tony's question, there's pros and cons to both, just like most things in life. Having a succession plan internally brings the benefits of continuity, of familiarity, of while well, you will get a new perspective because Dan Pitcher and Brian Callahan are different people with different personalities and different experiences and different opinions. Maybe they agree on a lot of things and, and are cohesive, but they're going to have differences, right? That's just the way the world works. There's also benefit in bringing in exterior voices and, and getting out of your comfort zone. You hear that all the time. I think that also applies in coaching, but you lose the continuity then and you lose a familiarity and you have this learning curve. So there's always two sides to, to these coins and these conversations, but we'll have a little bit more on this coaching staff conversation, then we'll get into some of these questions on the offensive side of the ball coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, style, all of the above, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all of the parts you need and the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. James, let's stay on the top of this coaching staff for one more question here before we dive into T. Higgins, the running back room, the tight end room, some of these other questions in the mailbag that are themed and skewed toward the offense. And I know there was a question about defensive tackles and right tackles in free agency this year. And we saw that question. We will be talking about it at some point. Don't think that we're neglecting you. But uh, Dan Bochler, Bockler, names, tough. D Bockler, I'm going to go with that one on Twitter. What are the realistic chances that Zach relinquishes play calling duties to whoever is the next offensive coordinator of the Cincinnati Bengals? This is something that we've discussed and speculated about in terms of making the Bengals' job even more attractive than it already is in terms of an OC that just got a head coaching job and having Joe Burrow quarterback? I think it's low. I do. I I don't know for sure. And whether it's Dan Pitcher or otherwise, I, I think they would have to get let's, – let's just use Dan. Let's just say the situation. And and who knows? Maybe he's interviewing some, for, for another job right now. Maybe a team has wooed him and and, and convinced him to take another interview. If that's the case, and he somehow leverages that into a really big offer, and he's ready to take it, could he hold Zach's feet to the fire and try? I think so. But like I said on yesterday's show, if I'm Zach, I'd say, okay, fine. (laughs) Bye. And really wonder if Dan would do that. So Dan, I I think it's unlikely. There's all these names that are out there, you know, heck I've, I've gotten tweeted Josh McDaniels and all the big names, you know, of course, if you're going after those guys, which it doesn't sound like the Bengals are, and those are big names. I don't necessarily think that would benefit their offense, but he would have to. I just don't think that's the plan as of now. And I'm not really sure, or it should be the plan or why it should be the plan at this stage. Because again, you have our issues. You have your issues with Zach and I get it. Guess what? 32 fan bases have their issues with the play calling with their team at at one point or another. And it's frustrating. And I'll criticize Zach mid-year all the time. Like, you know, if if it's, if I feel like it's worth it or if it's fair to do, but I'm, do I think he's a pretty solid play caller? I do. And I don't think he's going to be in a rush to give up those duties. Going back to that wide receiver throwback for the second time. Come on. What are are we doing? Uh, Oh, oh, you want him to give up the, Go ahead. Do you? No, no, no. Uh, I'm just saying we'll criticize the, the play. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how important it is. But th- there's, like I said with, with Tony's question, there's pros and cons to both approaches. Maybe you have a different approach to play calling. Maybe that philosophy suits the current NFL better. Maybe it's an inexperience issue that leads to a rocky start. And what's the one thing we're going to be talking about all offseason and into training camp is let's not have another bad start this year, Cincinnati Bengals. That's a hard hole to get out of. You managed to do it once, didn't manage to do it twice, even though there are more important factors than the hole they started the year in, mostly being Joe Burrow's health. It does seem unlikely that Zach will give up play calling duties, but we didn't roll it out this week. And perhaps... The, the overall allure of the job should be enough for an OC. Like, like I talked about when I was framing the question, the previous OC who didn't call plays just got a head coaching job. 
And you get to work with Joe Burrow. You get Jamar Chase in that offense. It, it's, an, it's a pretty established group that should be seen as having a high ceiling, should be seen as a very attractive job, should not be necessary. Let's actually do one more question before we get to the T. Higgins topic, James, which is about with some turnover potentially happening here with Brian Callahan departing. Mm-hmm. What can the Bengals do to be more consistent on offense to protect Joe Burrow a little bit better? And and Dean at DD Merritt thinks that teams in the division have figured out how to stop the offense in 2023. Dean, my guy, Dean, shout out to Dean. I've, uh, I've met Dean multiple times. A couple things. One, they do need to tweak the offense some and incorporate some of the things that we saw from Jake Browning. But there is this narrative that this offense was just so much better with Jake Browning. And oh my God, and it's just not true. <laughs> the best offense that we saw from the Bengals in 2023 was during that winning streak with, with, with Burrow. I would say the San Francisco game was, was pretty darn good. You could look at the Buffalo game if you want. Um, but that said, could they incorporate some of those things? Absolutely. And I think that was the plan. And then Joe hurt his calf and they were kind of piecing it together week to week on the fly. So more under center. Absolutely. Some play action. Absolutely. But you also want to balance that with Joe Burrow's superpowers and find that balance. And I think they need to do that. So, and they probably know they need to do that. Joe's a smart guy. So whether it's Joe or Zach or whoever the offensive coordinator is on down, I think we will see that as far as the division, as far as the division goes. And there's this narrative, Jake, that, oh my God, the Bengals, they can't win these AFC North games. They got to be tougher. They And they do. They got to add some defensive tackles and they have a question at right tackle. And I still think that they can win the division next year, passing first and being a passing offense and doing all of those things. The thing about the run game I want to see more of is explosive plays have some explosive runs. I'm not worried about the the fullback dives or the tough. Rawr. No, I, I don't need you to growl at the mic unless you're that that Bengals mailman guy. I, I think we're uh, we're good to go, and and the Bengals will be just fine in the AFC North next season. They've won back to back titles, by the way. You knew that before this year. They won back to back division titles. Just confirming. And we also knew that no team had ever won three in a row, and we liked the ever. Bengals' chances to do it this year. And then suddenly Joe Burrow's calf became an issue. And then suddenly Joe Burrow's wrist became an issue. There were, there were multiple times this season when I still thought it was possible. Yep. And it didn't work out that way because attrition gets I teams. thought they had look a shot in Ravens. Baltimore. I thought they had a shot in Baltimore. Go yeah. ahead. I was just going to say, look at the Ravens and, and the injuries they've dealt with in previous years. That, that helps the Bengals win the division. Not that the Bengals lose the division if Baltimore's healthy, right? I'm not saying that, but it, it certainly affects the way these these seasons go. So I, I also think this idea that they can't win in the division is a little bit overstated. They do have issues with the Browns. I, I think that they've had issues with the Browns and, and Jim Schwartz defense in week one. Part of it is that they played in week one and, and week 18. And, and so those are very different times, like weird weeks a lot of the time. So there's that. But when you don't have Joe Burrow healthy for a single complete game in the division, it is very hard for me to say that teams in the division have figured out how to stop the offense when the offense goes through Joe Burrow so significantly. Yes, you would have liked to see Jake Browning's version of the offense perform better against the Steelers in two outings, no doubt. But if Joe Burrow is playing in those games, 
that goes very differently. That said, to your point about what they can do differently, I think they do need to evolve. I think that they can't be this so heavily invested, spread 11 personnel all the time kind of team, all the empty they do. They need to mix it up a little bit more. They need to modernize in an increasing fashion with the amount of motion they're doing at the snap. And they took steps in that direction this year. The, the play action game needs to be better. And Burrow took a ma- major step forward on play action passes in 2023. That needs to continue. And so it's, it's just keeping up. At this point, that is the one thing you concern about. You, you you have concerns about when you have continuity on the coaching staff, is making sure that you're continuing to adapt. But I think the staff has done a good job of it, and so that that continues to be the expectation. Coming up next, T Higgins market value, tight end, running back, talking skill positions on the offense to finish up this show. We'll do that in just a minute. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. In the NFL playoffs, well, four teams left. We've reached the final four, which means it's the perfect time for you to get to FanDuel because new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. And that means you could throw five bucks on whatever NFC team you want to win, because if you're watching or listening to Locked on Bengals, you want the NFC to win. And you can do so today at FanDuel.com slash Locked on and get those $150 in bonus bets. Plus, it's not just NFL. You got NBA going on. Spring training is right around the corner. So get to FanDuel today and get in on all the action, including same game parlays, prop bets, and more at FanDuel.com slash Locked on. FanDuel.com slash Locked on. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. James, let's talk about some skill positions, your favorite part of any football team. Aja Hemphill with a question about T. Higgins' market value. That's where we're going to go next. I'm curious if you think T. Higgins helped, hurt, or just maintained his value after this season. Curious well, about this answer from the player, organizational, and even league perspective, because it might be a little bit different depending on who you ask. It's interesting because from a Bengals trade perspective, he hurt it because they just played out the year, right? He had much more value last year on the rookie deal than he will on the franchise tag and needing a new contract. So that alone just thinking about trade-wise. Now, as far as his health is concerned, I think it hurt it with the organization some because they may have planned. I still, It would still be hard for me to just tag T and play out this year, which I think is the most likely scenario. But they, if they felt like, hey, we're going to commit around this big three, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, did this year give them some pause? of him being nicked, as nicked up as he was, was uh, of him not being as good on contested catches as he has been. Now, I still think he's an awesome player, but it's a lot to build your team around three guys as is, and they need to be special. And you know which agent he has and how hard it was to negotiate with that agent, David Mulligetta, when you 
looked at Jesse Bates and trying to get an extension. So I think he's hurt his value a little bit with the Bengals in a sense that I, I don't know if they would be willing to go where T's camp is going to want them to go to get a, a long-term extension done. As far as the league goes, you can see. You just have to look up on social media. Every fan of every fan base, the Titans right now, they're googly eyes over T. Higgins. And obviously, that's his home state, and, and they would love him at Nissan Stadium, but it's not just there. I mean, Jacksonville would be in on him. I, I think there are a lot of teams that would be in on him if he hits free agency. But if you're looking at a tag and trade, his value certainly isn't what it was a year ago. Uh, in that stinks, and a lot of that has to do with the contract more so than the injuries. I agree with all that. He had a season that did not boost his trade value. He had a season that may create questions in the Bengals' front office where they're going to still really like T the player because you don't overreact to one season when you have the track record that T Higgins does and you have a 25-year-old who is not going to get worse anytime soon. But he had a very rocky start to the season. His catch rate was down. His yards uh, per target were down. His drop rate was up. And, and he missed a bunch of time. And while that's unfortunate and unlucky, and it's hard to blame T for that, when you're making decisions about where do you allocate 10%-ish, a little bit less than 10%, I guess, 8% of your cap, if you're going to franchise tag T Higgins or you're going to try to extend T Higgins and build around them, like you said, James, that becomes a little bit more complicated. The calculus around what's the risk, what's the reward. When T Higgins is on the field, he's easily worth that $21, $22 million market value, whatever he's getting projected at. Yep. When he's on the field. And, And this year, that was less than it's ever been in his NFL career. And it's been some stuff that's nagging and soft tissue and seems to come up on a bit of a recurring basis. And that is unlucky, but it is something the Bengals have to deal with. It is. It is. And we'll see what happens. It's the biggest question of the offseason. But uh, another couple of huge questions that surround this offense this offseason. What do they do at tight end? Because right now, well, there's zero tight end set to be on the roster when the new league year starts. And Joe Mixon's future. So let's combine two questions here. Rob Hill at Shirley this season has Joe Mixon's performance and to a certain extent, the late season partnership with Chase Brown reduced the need at this position talking about running back. And then will at will knows ball underscore asks, how would you two revamp the tight end and running back rooms? So Jake start with running back and, and then we can go to tight end. Yeah. Joe Mixon this season when he was used with Chase Brown, the running game got a little bit more efficient. No doubt about that. Down the stretch, running game got a little bit more efficient against teams like San Francisco, against teams like Minnesota, teams that are sending guys upfield, penetrating one-gap style defenses. The, the offense found some success. They did. But they did not have much success too frequently this year. Joe Mixon, before Week 18 against the Browns, was averaging 3.8 yards per carry. He had a ton of volume this year, finished at four yards per carry, 1,000 yards, had some success in short yardage situations. The Bengals were, though, dreadful in short yardage situations compared to recent years. Some of the juice came back for Joe Mixon at times. Other times it looked like it had disappeared. So it wasn't necessarily the most consistent thing. Run blocking wasn't the most consistent thing either, so it's impossible to hold all of that against Mixon. But... When you look at the teams that are still in the NFL playoffs and we draw 
lessons or, or, or things that you want to copy and emulate from the teams that are successful in the NFL right now, there's a common element in the running game, which is explosion. The ability to bust off chunk runs every day, every, every game, have those explosive threats in your run game to make teams really pay, not just to the tune of six to 10 yards per carry, but to be able to rip off a 30 to 50 yard run with some of the more explosive backs still playing in this year's playoffs. And I think that's what they're missing. They get some of that with Chase Brown, but Chase Brown needs to take a step to really threaten to do that on a consistent basis. So if I'm looking at this and and it's me making the decisions, I'm looking to get one more explosive across the room at running back. I want multiple explosive threats. Look at the Dolphins, for example, and, and how their running game was able to put together multiple speedy backs in great spots using that to their advantage. This is going to be a theme for the entire offense's team speed. So that also includes running back to me, but I don't want to see the Bengals be this multi-headed running back unit where one is your short yardage back, one is your trap Mm -hmm. wham toss back, one is your pass pro back. They got to get a little bit more complete there. And we're going to talk about tight end too. It would be ideal not to have to use Drew Sample as a third down back. Not to take away from him, he was good in that role, and we'll see it some if Drew Sample is back with the team, regardless of who's at running back for the Cincinnati Bengals. But it would be ideal to have a guy who can protect and offer something in the receiving game and not just have to put Drew Sample back there for protection. Yeah, it would be ideal. And the explosive part is the part that matters so much. And in this offense... You want to talk about giving it an element it hasn't had? That's it. Explosive runs. Make defenses have to worry about insert whatever the name is of the running back. I really don't care. Insert that person's name and have to worry about that running back going for 30. If you if you're if the linebacker reads the wrong gap, like that's that's it because he has the ability to make a safety miss and be off to the races or or get past the defensive back that happens to be in the hole or whatever the case is, turn uh, an average play into a big play. And that's what they have to do. So however you want to discuss that amongst the fan, you know, fans want to discuss that, discuss it. I I think when it comes to mixing the $8.9 million cap, it will certainly come into play. We'll know by March 16th, less than two months from now, when he has that $3 million roster bonus, what they plan to do with him. So we'll know much earlier this year, and at the same time, they need to plan on that before free agency begins because free agency will begin, what, right, a, a day or two before, I would imagine, that roster bonus is due. So, or, or at least the legal tampering period will. So yeah. keep that part in mind as well. And, and then as far as tight ends, I, I think it's similar. It, you want, hopefully, you can find a, a tight end that can be on the field and block and also be explosive and make plays with the ball in their hand and not have like, all right, this is our, our pass catching tight end. And then this is our blocking tight end. And then this is our, it'd be nice to have Tanner Hudson or Mitch Wilcox or Drew Sample on the roster. And I'm sure some of those guys will be on the team next year, but it, it would, they need to upgrade at that spot. Those are two spots that really clearly needed upgraded and Chase Brown flashed, but I, I think they need to continue to add bodies there whether it's in free agency or the draft at running back and tight end 
I think it'll be potentially a combination of both. A tight end, it'll especially be both. They're going to have free agent tight ends. They might draft a tight end as well. Not the tight end class that it was last year, unfortunately. And we talked about earlier this week that that was a bit of a missed opportunity. That dude. There's one dude, though. There's one dude. There's that one dude. Probably be fairly pricey to go get him. And I you fall here. You come here, Brock. I probably wouldn't be opposed to paying the price. I I think that one thing we're going to talk about when we're looking at this draft class this year, and this is probably a bit knee jerky and reactionary, is I'm 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 a pendulum swinging the other way on positional value this year. Mm, Look at you. It just look at you. It's just, and we'll talk more about it. I have reasons, but I agree. Generally, looking to get more explosive at both positions, if possible, looking to get more reliable at tight end, looking to have a guy that you can have out there for you know seventy percent of your snaps. Bengals don't really have that guy. They have a rotational amalgamation of tight ends right now, and while those guys are talented in their own way, and you would like to see some of them back on the team, I would like to see Tanner Hudson, your sample back, Mitch Wilcox, sure. There's nothing wrong with those guys. You would like to have more top end at tight end mm-hmm. and, and be able to be a little bit more multiple with your personnel, be able to threaten in some different ways. Because like I said, one of the things that I think they have to do this year is, is in terms of modernization is to be a little bit more personnel versatile and, and threaten teams a little bit more with different personnel packages and forcing the defenses to match those personnel packages. And some of that goes to tight end as well. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Perhaps we'll know who the Bengals' next OC will be the next time you hear from us tomorrow. If not, there's plenty else to talk about in this interesting Bengals offseason. Until then, thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Who day? And have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.